Section ten of the Seen and the Unseen by Richard Marsh. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sonia. Five. The Tipster. An Impossible Story. Two. It was the Tuesday morning afterwards. Mr. Major was at the house in Campton Hill Gardens in the capacity of painting master. Towards the close of the lesson, he asked his pupil a question. Have you been to the academy yet? Miss Davidson was in the enjoyment of her own fortune. It may therefore be taken for granted that she was of age. But she was more than that. She was in touch with those teachings of the age which tells us that a young woman can do without a chaperon. Her painting lessons were, as a rule, sacred to herself and her master, which perhaps enabled her to better concentrate her mind upon the searchings after art. Not yet. I suppose I ought to have gone, but I really seem to have so much else to do mr major said nothing perhaps he felt that even the most earnest searcher after art might be excused from attending that academy anyhow that afternoon he himself was there it was not his first visit by any means he could have pointed out blindfold where all the most notorious pictures were the position of one especial canvas he knew particularly well it was in a far corner of the room in a bad light just above the line exactly the position in which an indifferent work by an unknown man would escape the casual visitor's eye mr major felt this very strongly as he approached that corner the rooms were crowded though not on that occasion overcrowded but just there there was not a soul apparently his picture was not attracting the least attention nothing is more unsatisfactory to a struggling artist than to be aware of that he advanced towards the slighted work of art with an uncomfortable feeling about the pit of his stomach suddenly he started he hurried forward the frame was starred by jove he exclaimed out loud gill was right it sold in his surprise he was unconscious of the fact that he was staring at the frame as though he were paralyzed by the merits of the painting but others saw him more people came to stare then he enjoyed that rarest of all rare pleasures the pleasure which the gentleman enjoyed in lord lytton's novel the disowned the pleasure of hearing his work criticised with perfect frankness a gentleman made an observation to a lady who was evidently his wife don't care for that kind of thing he said i think it's silly she replied they moved on a gentleman obviously a country gentleman stared at the picture for perhaps two seconds what's it all about he inquired of a friend don't ask me some stuff or other and they moved on then two parsons commented as they went by one of them was a dictatorial sort of person he pointed out the picture with his umbrella if i wanted an example to point the remark that i was just making there is one i say that art in england must be at a low ebb indeed when they're obliged to admit that sort of thing the colouring's not bad ventured his companion who did not appear to be quite so critical colouring properly speaking there is no colouring that is if you mean colour shows some idea of drawing drawing after that my good fellow we'd better go and look at something else say a punch and judy mr major 
as the two parsons were moving off possibly in search of that punch and judy the lucky artist who seemed to have so hit the popular fancy heard himself addressed by name turning there was miss davidson mr major was momentarily confounded where is your picture mr major here is my daub daub the pupil seemed surprised the master's manner was certainly ferocious why do you call it a daub i only call it what other people call it and some fool or other has bought it mr major miss davidson drew herself back with distinct frigidity her naturally pale face if possible grew paler mr major immediately perceived how grossly he had blundered forgive me miss davidson i mean that some good friend with whom charity is esteemed a virtue has been generous to me but why should you suppose anything of the kind why should you suppose that a person would buy a picture he did not like and for more than it is worth why miss davidson <laughs> why he stood leaning on the handrail his eyes on her her eyes she kept upon the catalogue it sounds ridiculous but do you know that i am acquainted with a person who thinks himself a prophet and he told me that this week someone would buy my picture he need not be a prophet to have told you that lifting her eyes she looked him full in the face hadn't we better be moving someone else may wish to look at the picture as well as we she smiled as she said this he flushed but what made you say so bitterly just now that your picture was a daub i had been the unintentional listener of the public verdict besides he flung back his head with a petulant gesture do i not know myself that it is a daub do i not know what i meant it to be and what it is do i not know how far it falls short of what i dreamed she was silent for a moment then she asked a question i have more than once wanted to ask you do you think there is nothing worth living for but art indeed i don't i thought you didn't there was a dryness in her tone which stung him especially after the glance with which his words had been pointed he spoke coldly there is only one thing better frankly i am not quite sure what is my own mind upon the matter there is so much talked about that sort of thing but really i doubt if there is anything better worth living for than art for a man there is a woman you mean i suppose that for a man there are women miss davidson don't say that he put his hand upon her arm his face was eager and flushed that if you like is the cant of the day there is only one woman for a man she laughed <laughs> suppose i put the converse and say that for a woman there are men miss davidson that is not true she laughed again this time a little nervously <laughs> don't let us stand in the middle of the room pray let us keep moving on just then some acquaintances came up acquaintances of hers but not of his he left her with them he wandered off into the sculpture gallery which so far as the general and appreciative public were concerned he found as usual a howling wilderness i wonder what i could do to win her love this was the question which that young man addressed to himself among those lonely statues 
i wonder if it could be won by me if it is won already as this last thought occurred to him he actually trembled which showed that as a young man he was something out of the common one thing is necessary that i should not come to her a pauper i don't want the tale of the lord of burley told in just one more new edition i wonder if i could do something to make money mr philip major had the first floor apartments in a house in stamford street mr thompson gill had the ground floor rooms thus chance or necessity had made the tipster and the artist acquainted that night mr major entered mr gill's sitting-room an uninvited guest well gill old man been doing anything more in the prophetic line mr gill his hands in his trouser pockets was seated staring into vacancy mr major he got up with a mysterious air he approached his visitor i do believe there's something wrong how wrong has the prophetic tap run dry i tell you straight i wish it had run dry it's quite upsetting me that's what it's doing what do you think of the exmouth stakes what about the exmouth stakes i placed the first three horses that's what's about it and i sent them to all my correspondents i'm making all their fortunes i am straight why you know i'm a tipster that's what i am and i ain't ashamed to own it but though i've been a tipster i don't know how many years i mention it to you in confidence that i don't know no more about horses than you do perhaps not so much the way i do in general's this i take the list of probable starters and i send one horse to one cove and the second horse to another cove and so on right through the whole boiling so somehow you see i'm bound to strike the winner and i don't forget to mention it but of late i've been upsetting all my regular arrangements only the other day i sat down to sort out the bag of tricks as usual but if you'll believe me i couldn't do it do you think i could send every man a different animal not me i sent the same animal to all the lot of em and the queerest part of it is the beggar won when i see that in the evening paper i tell you i did feel funny when the next day i began dealing them round again i couldn't do it no more than before i sent the first three horses to every half a crown subscriber and they rumped in just exactly as i'd placed them that was on friday in the billingsgate stakes on saturday when i saw you in the strand i just done the same in the chichester handicap yesterday was monday and there wasn't no racing but to-day in the exmouth stakes i've placed the first three horses in the exact order that they came past the post what do you think of that for a record wouldn't you say that there was something wrong with the works it does you great credit gill it isn't so much the horses i shouldn't mind if it was only them but it's everything i can't think of what has happened but everything that's going to happen i can see quite well are you in earnest try me and see if there's anything you want to know about what's going to happen in the middle of next week apply here for information it's awful 
i'm getting a regular freak of nature do you know if what you say is correct you could easily make your fortune and mine i suppose i could if for instance you were to act on your own tips just so then why don't you i'll tell you one reason why i don't because i can't see what's coming but if you can that's exactly the reason why you should there's one thing coming tomorrow and that's an end of me what do you mean by this time tomorrow i'll be dead you're carrying it too far my friend i am carrying it too far i feel i am i know i am that's where it is i don't only see the things i want to see but i see the things i don't want to see and i see that by this time tomorrow i'll be dead ha dead sitting in that chair mr gill pointed to the chair from which he had lately risen mr major eyed him there certainly was something curious about the little man although he spoke with a matter-of-fact straightforwardness which deprived his words of half their singularity don't be an ass gill perhaps you can tell me what by this time tomorrow night will have happened to me you you'll have made your fortune mr major laughed at this thanks awfully perhaps you can assist me with a tip or two that's just what i'm going to do i'm going to give you all tomorrow's winners you'll go down you'll take every farthing you can beg borrow or steal you'll put the whole pile on the first race at starting prices you'll put the whole pile on again with all your winnings on the second race and you'll do the same on every race and at the end of the day you'll have won ah what a pot yes what a pot but suppose in this going the whole hog system of yours once only once i should happen to lose where shall i be then you won't lose you will win take a piece of paper and write down the names of the winners smilingly perching himself on the edge of the table mr major took an envelope out of his pocket he prepared to write upon the back of it now then my gill mr gill took a newspaper from the table for a moment he studied it attentively it's a long program to-morrow there are seven events upon the card the first is at half past one mind you're there the blenheim plate ladybird will win that write it down mr major wrote it down still smiling the windsor stakes king bruce the maiden plate sweet violet the churchill handicap devil's own the visitor's plate estrella the hunt cup ballet girl mr gill folded up the newspaper got em all down no mistakes you know that's six races that'll be enough for you you'll have made your pot by then and what a pot it will be mr major as he echoed the other's words still smiled yes what a pot it will be end of section 10